Well, hello and welcome to Men in Progress. This is the podcast of the United Methodist Men of Treach and part of the Treach's uh, Life Plus God series of podcasts. My name is Dave Casey. I'm your host. Um, I'm a longtime member of the men's group here at Treach. And um, I'm just one of many men, or, or we all are men, that are just trying to be better husbands, uh, fathers, leaders, and we're really just trying to grow our relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not always easy, and uh, it's not always uh, simple. In fact, it gets messy sometimes, and that's kind of what this podcast is all about. So we, uh, we talk about, in these episodes, uh, challenges that we face as men, and I think we talk about how we handle those, how our faith helps us handle those, and uh, all those good things. And hopefully we can do a good job supporting each other and be of value to, to other men. So tonight we're focusing on a question that really colors all these things as a man, as a man is what are you afraid of? So um, I guess uh, as men, we try to, we're taught not to be afraid or not to show fear, I guess. And that doesn't mean we don't experience it. Um, and this is, um, I think one of the lessons or one of the uh, sayings we hear in the New Testament is be not afraid. Um, but today in today's world, or since I've been around, I mean, I've always been afraid of various things. So I brought together three guys that, uh, uh, with this brain trust, we should solve this problem in, I'd say, 15 to 20 minutes. Uh, so with me tonight is uh, Alan Carruth, longtime member here at Treach, Dan Corbett, uh, also longtime member, and Jim Gerber. Uh, and uh, so between us, we have, we have two physicians and a mandolin player. <laughs> so this ought to really go smoothly, as far as I can tell. So, uh, so welcome to Men in Progress. So, Alan, good, good to see you. Uh, Same with you guys. So, um, so we're just going to dive into this thing and say, uh, what, what, what kind of things are you afraid of? And I'll start with you, Alan. Okay. Well, I got a little preview of the question, so I've been thinking about this. That doesn't mean I'm going to follow the script, oh, so don't worry about goodness. that. Well, anyway... Um, you know, I, I thought, well, I'd start back when I was a kid and think about the things, you know, you're afraid of the dark. You know, for some reason, my parents put me across the hall by myself when I was like five years old, and that was very uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. um, so no one else in your room at night? No, no. it was me. And, and uh, then later, as you get older, you start getting responsibilities, and I sometimes did not live up to my end of the bargain, so to speak. And... Uh, I think that carried out, carried on through most of my adult life, and that was the fear of disappointing people. Ooh, yeah, that's uh, a big one. My, yeah, uh, that starts when you're real young and never it, seems to go it away. Really did. You know, there's fear of failure. There's all sorts of things, but deep down, uh, I, I, that was the one thing I didn't want to hear come out of my dad's mouth. Yeah, I'm disappointed. Really yeah. disappointed. Yeah. Jim, how about you? Any particular fears? Well, coming from a maybe a little bit different perspective, uh, having a disabled child in the house makes you very fearful of losing your health insurance. Oh, wow. Yes. So, you know, from 1984 onward to 2012, I was constantly mindful mm -hmm. of health insurance and all that sure. gives to us. We've been very fortunate over the years to have good health insurance. Mm-hmm. But it makes you very motivated 
Motivated, and I guess, uh, you know, obviously conscious of your job, but even if you considered a different job at a different company or something like that, that's a big factor. Exactly. So I was motivated to do a good job, even more than I Mm -hmm. would normally, I think, so I could keep my job with great health insurance. Yeah, that's something a lot of us, I think, take for granted. But, uh, you know, there's many of us that, that people that I deal with all the time. I'm in the IT business, so we have a lot of contractors, and they don't have any health insurance. You know, and if they're less than 40, they probably feel like they don't need it. But uh, but in your situation, it's vitally important. So yeah. Exactly. And that's on top of all the other fears that men have. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's probably – I don't think we'll run out of a, a oh, list no. of fears here tonight. You know, it's uh, – there's no shortage of places here. <laughs> so, um, so, Dan, I've got to ask you um, – there are places, um, why is this be not afraid? Why is that so hard to accept? You know, I've heard it my whole life, you know, be not afraid. You've got the Lord's with you, the God's with you, Jesus is with you. Um, nothing to fear, right? Yeah. Uh, I was going to add on a little bit to what Alan has said. And, and I think that, you know, um, we as men, fear of failure to yeah. mm-hmm. to perform or to do what's expected of you um you know begins early and oh, yeah. and it begins when we're kids and it and it goes through our whole life and i think that um when there's change when things you know the the winds of change are on the horizon i think we get scared yeah. because we're comfortable with where we are and i really think that's a lot of what uh, we see in the New Testament when we see be not afraid is that, you know, Jesus shook the boat a lot. Big time. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the things that he asked of people wasn't in their comfort zone. No. And, and isn't it funny how many times we see that be not afraid? Yeah. And, and, uh, but, but on the other hand, I've always heard about, well, he's a God fearing man, there you know? You go. So how does that fit in with being not afraid? Well, <laughs> be I, afraid of the one guy, I, you know, <laughs> I, I would hope on yeah. my tombstone that yeah. it said I'm a God fearing man. Yeah. Um, yeah. simply from the standpoint of, of, I think when you use fear in that perspective, I mean, to, to be in awe yeah, and yeah. in the utmost respect for God, I'm like, Wow, yeah. that's that's a that's a fear I'm not afraid of having. Well, I'd, I'd like to yeah. tag onto that because that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Uh, but one of the big things, you know, when you read those proverbs, and it says, "The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom." So, oh, oh, um, yeah. As you open that door, though, it doesn't. You don't stay fixed. Oh my gosh, I'm going to die because God's going to kill me if I'm not. Yeah. But, but that's not the case at all, you know, that you make this journey with hopefully some other God-fearing people to help guide you, maybe a little bit more experience. You start to understand the nuances of what that journey becomes. But mm-hmm. I think recognizing fear is probably the beginning of a lot of our journeys, and we either move into it, hopefully with some support system to help us along the way, or we dive into it and don't do too well. Well, uh, I had the advantage, a couple of us did, I think, of uh, a few months ago, uh, one of our studies, our, our good friend Chris Robinson has penned a book on, uh, 
on it's called Come On Man. I'll just shamelessly plug it, but it's a great book, and it talks about a, a lot of things that men deal with, and and fear was one of them. And it's interesting when he uh, when I read the beginning of that chapter, I said, you know, I don't I don't have a lot of stuff to that I'm afraid of. I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable. I'm not afraid for my next meal, apparently, obviously. I mean, pretty good size. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm financially, I'm not that, you know, not that bad off. I'm uh, pretty healthy. I mean, so I'm thinking, I'm trying to do my fears. And then uh, the more you think about it, I think the more stuff starts to sink in. There's fear of loss. There's fear of being left out of uh, there's there's lots of fears that boil to the surface I think and uh, and in does I guess the more I dug into it uh, the question came up you know what kind of comfort do we get from Christ and I guess the question I'd have for you Jim is is uh, I mean is is does Christ help you with your fears and and how well, you have to say yes to that, Dave. Yeah. That was a leading here, right? question. That's a leading yeah. question. Yeah, so well, yeah. I know the answer is Jesus. I yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> See? Well, yeah. But you know, having a, a life that is grounded in faith and in Christ always gives you somewhere to turn when you have doubts and fears. Yeah. yeah. So at least you have that experience and that depth of trust to be able to go to God in prayer and at least ask for guidance. Yep. Yeah, I think too that I've seen that uh, um, it's almost there's like uh, I don't know what the word is uh, praying ahead of time. I guess I know that there's going to be some things coming up that are going to be difficult, and uh, to to go ahead and um, pray for everything I've I have and everything I've enjoyed and all that. That's great, but also kind of prayer for pray for you know future uh, help. Maybe future uh, support. Maybe. The preemptive prayers are always good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. And uh, that that goes way beyond like you know, hold my beer and I'm going to try this. I mean, preemptive <laughs> prayer I think is more important than that, uh, and do that. So, um, Dan, I'll ask you this: um, Is when you and you've been a physician, so I've got a I can't even relate. I think in some of the things that you've dealt with, but just say, is it good to be a little afraid? Uh, Absolutely. Going into things, yeah, I I think on a from a standpoint of, um, I've I've always felt that I did my best work when I was scared, when I was when I was afraid of failing, when I was afraid of doing it wrong, and but you've practiced it so many times that you go back and you recall those those things, and it gives you comfort. I think that that. Um, as you had asked the question to Jim about um, prayer beforehand and, and um, the comfort of Christ, I, I know that one of the most comforting things for me um, when I was in practice was that um, Alan sitting across the table here from me did all my anesthesia, um, and we would pray for our patient before we – in the the mm-hmm. pre-op room before we went in the room i i would not walk in that or without praying um not i'd already prayed that morning when i had my morning prayers but but to pray with the patient um before you went in uh, what a comfort what what yeah. a feeling that that all of a sudden it's like okay it it's not this is not just me anymore yeah and and um yeah i 
And I've not been a patient of you guys, but my son has. My son was a patient, and Alan uh, supervised the anesthesia for him. And you know, before we got started, he was only a second grader, so he wasn't really conscious of what's going on. But Alan said, how about if we did a prayer here? And Absolutely. it was yeah. us, and it was the uh, the other members of the staff. And mm-hmm. I tell you, uh, as a parent, that was incredibly reassuring and, and, uh, and uplifting, uh, you know, no matter what happens. And that kind of goes to the thing, do you, th- what was the question? Do you, is, is Jesus part of this? Is it, or is it yep. good to be a little bit afraid a going bit in? Afraid, yeah. you know, um, because if you don't recognize that, then you, you're kind of going with some prideful arrogance. And I think that really clouds your uh, vision mm-hmm. because being afraid makes me have to say, well, I have to de- be dependent on something and it's better for me to be dependent on God to be there for me, yeah. assisting me. I mean, I don't just sit there and suddenly it's not me anymore. It's only God. But, but that was part of the way that prayer was because, you know, as, as we move along with our relationship with God, hopefully we understand that the presence of God is necessary for us to move forward. And so that was what was the prayer. We would start out and say, uh, Father in heaven, we are so I'm grateful for your presence and your mm-hmm. guiding hand, mm-hmm. you know. And so the, the reality, I mean, and that's why, I think that's why Jesus can come and say, you don't have to be afraid because I'm with you. But you can't just teach that to somebody. You know, you have to let them experience and understand the reality. And, and that's what, when Jesus would say, oh, ye of little faith, you know, that's that, I am so disappointed in you. And mm-hmm. I, I got tired of hearing that yeah, from yeah. God, you know, and I said, well, <laughs> what do I need to do? Yeah. And I think everybody at this table and some of our listeners may know something about that three-day weekend. Mm-hmm. And we learn a prayer that ta- starts out, come Holy Spirit. And that yeah. that becomes a reality, I think then you start to understand why Jesus would say, you don't have to be afraid. Yep, I can definitely feel that. I definitely feel that. You know, and I've, I've also heard people say that, um, um, you know, fear may, may uh, if you have fears, that may be a lack of faith on, on your part. You know, and I don't, I don't know that I necessarily agree with that. I don't, I don't looking around the table. I don't think you guys do either, but, um, you know, what I'm looking for is ways to talk to people about that and just, just to say, it's, it's fine to be afraid. That's not a lack of faith whatsoever. Uh, certainly your faith is going to help you, but, but it's certainly not a lacking thing. I think in that, let me ask you this addressing fear, you know, beyond the, the normal, uh, a prevenient prayer or praying ahead, but uh, how how do you handle fear? Because fear is a it in in a, on one level, obviously it's a it's a physical thing that happens, and you doctors can know better than I do what actually happens when uh, when those chemicals you know kind of explode in your brain. <laughs> so how do you how do you handle that? There's this little thing in the brain called the amygdala. The amygdala. Amygdala. I'm going yeah. to fail that on this. Yeah, it's part. okay. <laughs> um, and that seems to be the source of what we what we perceive as fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a protective mechanism. So back it's, in the day, when back in the day, when there's saber two tigers behind you, you better run. Yeah. And yeah. and and with the fear, it it because it 
uh, interacts with the sympathetic nervous system, you're, you're faster, stronger, more perceptive than you ever have been when you're in that state. Um, so when I get your that, body gears up, when I get that, that IRS letter, yeah, it's just yeah. like a saber tooth tiger. Right? There you go. Yeah, yeah. There you go. And, and so I, I think when we look at that, you know, there's a physiological response, um, to fear and it, it can consume you yeah. if allowed. Well, if you don't but, understand what's happening to you. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, but I think we as in, we as Christians are taught and I, I know that Christ uh, in the New Testament time and time and time again tells us uh, again there's that there's that phrase do not be afraid mm-hmm. um, because by laying it on him by giving it to him uh, it gives us a partner it gives us a, a resource that is unbelievable and unlimited and and to me that's that's where everything goes Um when when those times hit, when the you know the bad news comes and and you hear something you don't want to hear and and it and it hits you and strikes that chord of 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 fear. Yeah. Uh, and and I think we have to to be conscious of that and conscious of what's happening and then go just go to God mm-hmm. and and uh, give it to Him. Yeah, He said to. Yeah. And so that was our instruction. That was our instruction. Yeah. Yeah. So Jim, I've got, this will be a tough one. This is not on the script. So get ready for this. So, uh, one of the fears that I think we all carry, uh, except maybe when we're 18, uh, is the fear of death. We eventually we're going to die. Right. And, uh, except when you're 18 to 21, you're pretty much bulletproof. You just, (laughs) you can't figure out anything's going to happen to you then. But how do you, how do you, reconcile that or has that changed has that fear changed within you over the years well of course it does uh fear of death well when you're working and you have a family again is much more acute yes but you feel well i've got life insurance to handle that and they'll probably be okay after i'm gone but still yep it's more ever present than it is now i'm retired now i don't need life insurance not an old sir will be fine while I'm gone. Mm-hmm. The kids are all on their own. So not so much a, a big fear these days as mm-hmm. it used to be. It's not fear for yourself. You're fearing for others yeah. in that in that situation. And I think uh you know, I think we we don't we don't realize we're mortal until we reach a certain age and things ache that shouldn't and things fall off that shouldn't or whatever. I mean, it's just things that you know, things happen, you know. And uh to me, that's uh, as I've, I've my dad lived to be just shy of ninety, and uh, and I lived a long way away. I lived in Texas; he was up in New York. So we would uh, uh, we talk on the phone pretty much every week, you know. And, and we'd get off on different conversations. A lot of it would be just pretty mundane. But once in a while, and I asked him, you know, I said, "Do you do you you, you know you're when he was in his mid eighties, late eighties, you know?" And I said, "Is is fear of death anything?" And he says, "You know, it's not for him." He said, you know, I, I, he said, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it, uh, per se, but he said, I always, um, kind of had an idea where I'm going to go, you know, later. And, uh, and he didn't think he'd done anything here that's going to mess that up so far, you know, and, uh, I was pretty confident with him as well. And, uh, he said it was, it was, uh, more of a melancholy thing, but it wasn't a fear, you know, and, uh, 
And actually, as he got closer to 90, he lost almost all his contemporaries, all his friends, you know, and, uh, and even, you know, children of his friends now were passing. And, and he said, yeah, I'm really tired of going to these funerals. I mean, it was one of those deals. And uh, so I think it was a, for, for him, it wasn't a, it, it was a fear at one time and probably along with what you said, Jim, you know, uh, but we lost my mom when I was in seven, between seventh and eighth grade. And mm-hmm. My dad raised my brother and I uh, on his own, and I'm sure he had a lot of fears then. You know, what am I going to do? Are these kids going to turn out okay? And he was working full-time, trying to take care of us full-time, and a lot going on, And uh, but never, you know, never complained or anything, never expressed a fear. So, Alan, you got a take on that? Well, I was going to just say, I, I'm not sure I remember this correctly, but I believe it was John Wesley who said that, uh, you know, our, our people die well. Yeah, that's, the, the that's a great phrase. The, the Christian concept of, you know, I, I love to compare the dis- disciples before and after the resurrection. You know, the yeah. transformation of these people who were so afraid and hiding locked in a room mm-hmm. to people who wrote down inspired words that talk about your Lord is coming back Heaven awaits you. Yes, Jesus is. All those phrases we hear at funerals are true. And so for us to be able to say, I am not afraid to die, has to do with us to be assured of God's assurances and his promise. You know, and that's all of our journeys as we go through our life. And we see people die around us and we're sad and we're, it's not right, especially young. You know, there's just a lot of, I don't understand. But then you go to God and say, God, can you help me understand? Can you help me deal with this? Can you help me get through this? Is there any comfort? You know, there's all these things that we come, and I come to God with a big bag of stuff. And God says, sure, Alan, that's Mm -hmm. the assurance. Because I I live in this new world, you know, when, when Jesus says, you know, Y'all are y'all are just temporarily here. This is just a transition from one plane to another. Yep. And so that becomes you know the the one who lets go and says, "Okay, God, I'm going to let you help me. Come Holy Spirit and enable me." And that is that is all the difference in the world is making that leap of faith that we talk about all the time. That faith is really not some unknown intangible thing it is a new reality of assurance that god is god and he's got my back and that really leads into what i guess it was a question i had but uh you know the best ways to silence your fears and you just expressed it very well you know that uh you know the more you examine that relationship with god that sure does go a long way to uh to resolving that um any other fears you guys want to confess before we uh, wrap up, or anything in particular that bugs you? So. Well, it comes to mind that uh, you know, fear of banjo, fear plays of the into banjo. Lot, you know, that's yeah. that's a that's common, one of my fears. But <laughs> a lot of people are afraid of that. I've seen terrified people. In, yeah, uh, yeah, I have too. Yeah. And it's a sad situation. Yeah. But a lot of the fears we live with today are self-inflicted, and they come from the, the people we elect to lead us. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, for some reason, all throughout all ages, uh, leaders have used fear as a tool. Sure, and sometimes you can't recognize it when it's there. Yeah, but it, but when you do, you need to be able to handle it and put it aside and look past it. Yeah, or yeah. It, it will get you down. 
will become, instead of a chronic fear, like that saber-toothed tiger, it turns into a, excuse me, an acute fear. Yeah. Like the yeah. saber-toothed tiger turns into a chronic fear that will just rule your life. Yeah. And uh, turn you into recluse or have even worse outcome for yep. your future. Yeah, I've seen that with people that uh, one one fear leads to another, if you will. And uh, sometimes it's uh, uh, they get so caught up in those kind of things that they just don't see any any help or any any hope, and uh, and they they don't look for help. And uh, so those are the fears that it's hard for me to conceive of, but I can certainly see where it's real to to other people and and. Uh, and it's one of the worst things going. And I and I agree with you. It's interesting that, uh, well, ruling by fear has proven, I think, over the ages is is not a long term success story. I mean, whether it's uh, Julius Caesar on town, I mean, you name it, uh, those that rule by fear uh, don't end up well. I think is the is the is the end of that. So, Dan, any any th- thoughts? Last thoughts on your part? No. You think oh, you handle fear pretty well? I, I'm, I played the banjo, so I'm not scared of anybody. But speak the, about leading by fear. You yeah, know, the, the, wielding a banjo. Yeah, is the predator. sound of deliverance yeah, really it does. gets to people. I don't understand <laughs> For that, some reason. I, can't, I, I, I don't, I don't understand It that. doesn't make any sense to you me. Know, it's just a simple okay. chord. You know. It's a simple, simple progression. Um, <laughs> I, I think that fear, as, as Jim made a great point can become progressive and almost contagious. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and I, it's not something that's conducive to, um, our Christian way of life. It doesn't fit. And when we, when we allow that to permeate our lives, I think we're doing a disservice, uh, to those around us and, and to our God. And by showing our faith, as Alan said, um, immersing ourselves and allowing God to to fill us uh, with His presence, then it takes me back to the to the verse in in First John. Um, I think it's chapter four. I can't remember, but it's it. Uh, perfect love drives out fear. Ooh, that's a great one. And so we should have titled our episode that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be a good one. Um, but but I think what he's trying to tell us is that if if we allow ourselves uh, to be filled with God, there's not room for fear, and, and it drives it out. And, and to me, that's, that's the one I want to try to live up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that would be such an encouragement for those that are living in fear. I mean, that, that uh, what a way out. Because there's some things you can't, you can't physically change, the facts, right? But something like that is a great way to deal with fear, I think, and to, to do that. So... Um, one more for Alan. You know, the, if you live long enough and listen hard enough, God does reveal some great truths to you. So one of the greatest ones is that life is full of uncertainties, and that does not change. No. And the world cannot provide security to remedy those uncertainties. The only thing that is forever unchanging is God. Yep. And that's the message all the way through. I was reading about Moses, and he said, do not be afraid. God is going to fight your battle. Wow. And so as you go through life, 
coming to actually, because I, I will admit, even though God has kept it secure, you, you know, looking in the rear view mirror, hindsight is twenty twenty, and you see God's providential care carrying you through all those anxieties and worries and stuff that have plagued you your whole life. Now that I'm retired and I say, oh, wow, everything's fine. Yeah, financially good. Family is good. Everything is good. You know, life goes on. And yes, there is multitude of ugliness in the world that I can't do much about, but I do have God. Yep. Well, and you can help others find them, which mm-hmm. is a, yeah, another, uh, you do a great try, job at that. Try to do my best. So there you have it. This is our fourth episode, actually, of Men in Progress. We're moving right along here, and I've hoped that uh, you've been blessed uh, in some way by our discussion. And uh, thank you, gentlemen, for joining me. It's always scary when you put three really big brain guys at the table together and try to sort this kind of stuff out. So Alan Carruth, Dan Corbett, Jim Gerber, uh, thanks again. As it says in Proverbs, uh, iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. And that's really the whole purpose of this podcast series. And uh, and thank you for joining us, and look, we look forward to seeing you again as we work to become better fathers, husbands, better leaders, and better men. I'm Dave Casey, and we'll see you next time. This episode of the Men in Progress podcast is sponsored by Treach Memorial United Methodist Church where our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're in or near Flower Mound, Texas on any Sunday morning, we would love to welcome you to any of the TREAT services. Or you can follow our services anytime on our Facebook page or at tmumc.org.